This is the Multi Geek Show, episode 11. Um, we are back after a very short hiatus. Um, in this episode, we discuss an interesting sitcom, uh, how to pronounce the word Lego. We revisit one of our favorite games, Doom, and talk about peripherals for the Game Boy in the mid-90s. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll get right into the show. Hello, everyone. We're back. Yes, we are. And uh, for those of you, if this is your first time listening, this is the Multi-Geek Show. I am Tim. And I am Jason. And uh, uh, we had a, a week where we were a little off schedule. And without going into full stories and details and reasons, um, I had a computer crash, but we're back up and running. And if you're listening to this, this is episode 11, right? Yes. Um, All the October casts are finally up. Mm -hmm. Uh, So all five of those are up and you can listen to those. But we also wanted to talk about something we're very excited about. And uh, what might that be, Jason? We have a new blog. Yes, we do. Relaunched. We have. With a new design. Yes. It's fun and fancy free. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, And if you go to www.multigeekshow.com, or now you can just leave off the www. Our old blog used to take you to some broken page (laughs) link. But you'll see that you come to a landing page with a player in the center. And... The design of that is so that you can leave the player open if you'd like to listen and then click any of the buttons that bring you to our social media sites or uh, anything um, as far as contacting us. And the player can still stay open because the uh, object you click will open in a new window. Yep. Um, I would say that the blog is like 92% done. There are a couple of little mm-hmm. tweaks we have to make on the actual blog. The landing page is, is finished. There are some tweaks we want to make to it. Yeah. But the blog itself, you can still scroll around, but at the top, uh, as of the recording of this podcast, the top links don't link to the subject topics yet. You can just oh, read yeah. the blog post. So um, that's not your computer, <laughs> but it'll probably be fixed tomorrow. I'll get on that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm excited about the blog. So new blog, and we're back. Enjoy the October cast. We would love to hear your feedback. Um, But in the meantime, um, you can always check us out on iTunes and just do a search for the word multi-geek, and that's M-U-L-T-I-G-E-E-K. So now we're going to talk about a little something that, um, well, that I never thought was going to happen before. And that is, Jason, you are actually playing a game that... I love that you had never really played before and liked. But now, because of a new format, you're playing this game. And I'm getting the sensation that you like it. And what is that game? That game is the original Doom. It is exactly right. And if you've listened to any of the previous podcasts, you know that Doom is a game that I can play on a desert island for the rest of my lifetime. (laughs) I love the game. I love the mechanics. I love the engine. I love the graphics. I love everything about Doom. Um, it's just, to me, flawless. I love it. Jason, not so much. <laughs> How did you feel about the original Doom on the computer? Uh, well, the main reason I didn't like it on the computer is because playing that game now with the... See, I didn't have a computer back when it came out, so right. I, I never played it back then. But having computers as fast as they are today the game runs so fast and smooth that it, i get motion sickness yes and so i could never it, it's not that i didn't like it really it's just that I, I couldn't play it because it made me sick right and anybody out there with a really fast machine now knows exactly that that look and that strange motion spin of something that's running at such a high frame rate that it, it's too clean it's it's almost like the physics of it are in fast motion or or fast forward or something. It's so clean and crisp mm-hmm. that it uh, it's almost like you're saying it, it causes a a sense of like imbalance with how you're playing it and everything like that. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't mean, like that either. <laughs> I've tried playing it a couple times, and I mean, I, I, on the computer, I've passed I think the first stage maybe, 
that was it and i just i couldn't do it anymore yeah like i know the xbox version actually had the frame rate uh, match the processor so like what they would do is they designed the game to not run over a certain frame rate what for for what game i'm sorry for doom on the xbox oh and you can i'll warn you now um my brother was telling me about the uh i guess if you get doom through the xbox live store Mm -hmm. it's not like ultimate doom and what i mean by that is that you can only go forward backward left or right it's not with the almost like the mouse controls. It's not with modern controls. It's not with modern controls. Uh, hmm. Right, but I if you get Doom Three on the Xbox, it comes with a playable version of Ultimate Doom, which does have modern controls. Hmm. Um, it's not really Ultimate Doom though; it doesn't have Doom Two and mm-hmm. you know everything. But you can use the modern controls and the auto aim, and the graphics are. Um, they're they're rendered in such a way that the pixel the pixels don't get so grainy and huge when you come up on them. Yeah. So, anyway, that's enough about Doom as we used to know it. Mm-hmm. Tell me how technology now has made it so that you, a person who did not play or like Doom, has been reintroduced. How did you find this game, and what are you playing it on? Uh, I found it in a blog post, and I'm playing it on my iPhone. Yes, you are. Yes, I am. That is such a high five for the iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it can't do some things yet that other phones can do. Mm-hmm. But I don't care if you can reset your server and all this other cool stuff on your, you know, your other mobile phones. I can play Doom on my phone. If you can play Doom, that's all you need. Exactly. I can reset my server in hell yeah. <laughs> with a shotgun. Yeah. I... <laughs> I actually know, I mean, it is no personal offense to IT people, but I know some business owners who would love to go face-to-face with an IT guy <laughs> in hell with a shotgun. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, you're playing this thing now. Yep. What do you think of it? I think it's great. I can see now why everyone loves it. Yeah? Yeah. Like, tell me some of the things about it that you are falling in love with. Um, The atmosphere I like. I like that there's, like... Um, in certain parts, flickering lights that yeah. go off and on. That's neat. I didn't know that it had something like that in that game. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the monsters are cool. I like the graphics. Now, the graphics on it, they're updated from the original, right? Are they more crisp, or is that how it looked well, originally? It, uh, no, it's the way that it worked is that um, Doom used a series of clay models that they photographed from all different sides uh-huh. and then they went in digitally and painted the color over them Yeah, but just like anything uh, back past a certain point the pixels themselves it was like mode 7 graphics on Super Nintendo right. the pixels would stay the same size as it came towards the screen mm-hmm. so the closer you got to something the grainier and blockier it would become Right. Um, at one point with Doom and I'm not sure exactly how to describe this other than that I think it has something to do with the texture rendering. Mm-hmm. No matter how close you get to an object, the pixels stay the same size. Mm. It never gets a higher resolution, mm-hmm. but the pixels don't lower in resolution as you get closer and further away. So in the original, if there's an imp standing in front of you, it looks like a f- just a floating glob of brown dots right. and white, yeah. whereas now you can see the clear picture of the imp. Huh. And I think they use that in the iPhone version. Mm-hmm that clarity of textures even while it's close. Mm-hmm. So it is updated. And the control scheme's updated too. Oh yeah, I know I know that. Um now uh having played this, I'm almost to the end of it. But uh, I can really appreciate Doom 3 a lot more having right? played the original. Now and what do you mean by that? Uh cuz it's very similar just like updated graphics. Right? Yeah, and they're it they're very, it's very cool. It's so many little nods to the game and the yeah. gameplay, and it's just like it, it. It was Doom Three was like I Doom think it was evolved. A, a good update for it. Totally, yeah. I completely agree with that. Um, so you might be sitting out there listening and thinking, "You guys have already talked about Doom. We have, but I just want to point out the fact that this game, even as old as it is, has just been revived on a new platform mm-hmm. and is as popular as ever." So if you've never played Doom and you think, what are you talking about? Or if you've never really 
sat down and played through even one uh, episode of Doom, I mean, you might have messed around on one level. There's no reason why you shouldn't. You can get it probably for 10 bucks. I mean, or less. Sit down and play it. It's a fun game, and I will deathmatch you. <laughs> um, that's that's a lot of fun, too, the deathmatch in it. And, and the seamless way that everything moves. Wonderful. Let me tell you about this. The multiplayer for the iPhone version of Doom, mm-hmm. you can only play it over Wi-Fi right now. Correct. No internet play. Meaning... Lo- only locally is what I mean. Oh, right. And it was because the designer... Uh, John Carmack. John Carmack was saying that the ping times were a little too long. Over 3G. Yeah. He didn't want lag. Right. But there, really. there's not going to be any internet play ever on it. Oh, wow. They're going to update it with Bluetooth. So, like, you and I could still play multiplayer, but not over Wi-Fi. Like, we could just do it over our phones like we did. Sure, we right. Did like at a restaurant or yeah, waiting right. for a movie to start or something. But there, I don't think there's ever going to be internet play. Hmm. At least on this version of the iPhone because he just doesn't think it's fast enough. Sure, which I can I can respect the fact that he is not going to just pump it out because that's what everyone wants. He wants it to be like top notch, yeah. work well, and yeah, which is everything. it's he it's wants it to be a good product. And that is you know it's clear in what the product was when it first came out, mm-hmm. what a high standard it was, and it is famous. ID Software is the developer of the game. They're famous for not having release dates on games. Like Blizzard yeah, does yeah, now. It's right. like it's done when it's excellent. Right, yeah. You know. Um, I just thought it was funny uh, when I was playing through it. I beat the first episode. Yeah. I, I thought I had beaten the game. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that was neat. That was short. And then I told you that, and you were like, uh, I think you probably just beat the first episode. Yeah, and, <laughs> and there's like, two oh. more. Because I did, I did see more, um, more maps, more levels you could select mm-hmm. after that. But I thought they were multiplayer maps. I didn't know they were, yeah. uh, you know, the other episodes. And it actually, there's three episodes you told me in the original, but there's a fourth episode on the iPhone. Oh, wow. It's probably from Ultimate Doom. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it, which, if you look, the episodes and the missions are, that's how the levels are named. E1, yeah, M1, see, I didn't realize what that was yeah, at first. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was I was a little confused about everything when I was first playing it. Yeah, because now, and just to clarify for anyone listening, when in any updated version of Doom, they usually let you select any map from the start. Mm-hmm. You don't have to play it from the beginning if you don't want. And so the way that they denote what is what is E and then a number and then M and then a number. So episode one, mission one would be E1, M1. Mm-hmm. Um, now... For clarity's sake, when I said buy Doom, you might be thinking, well, I don't have an iPhone. Well, I'm talking about for your computer, because I would say that if you're listening to this podcast, there is a 99.99977769% chance that you have a computer that you can put Doom on. Um, so I just wanted to clarify that, because I think the iPhone version is awesome, and I would love to deathmatch anybody at a convention or whatever, but... Um, Get it for the PC, and uh, I, I know you can play over the internet on the PC, and I'm m- more than happy to hook up with people and just deathmatch the night away. Hold on. Um, there's a little uh, sneaky trick I want to tell you about that I learned online. Yeah? If you tap with four fingers... The keypad appears. Yes, and you can type in the codes. Oh, the uh, all the cheat codes. Yeah, I thought you'd like that. I do. Yeah. Um, I don't know any of them. I'm sure you do, but... Yeah, yeah. Type in... Okay. Type in IPSP... I got to do it fast. IPSPIOPPD. <laughs> and what does that do? You can walk through walls. Let me see if it works. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're the can same. Can you walk through any wall or just... Yeah, any wall. You can, and when you, you can, can go into like even past the level, oh yeah, into when space. you do, it actually oh, starts to double and triple and look like really weird. Oh, tell, tell me one like that's what's God mode? You just type in God. Okay, I typed that in and it said degreelessness mode on. I think it's just a synonym for invulnerable. Oh, let me see. Yep, they're attacking me and nothing's. Oh yeah, you're good. 
Yeah. So yeah, you can enter the cheat codes. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and then that's fun when you've already beaten the game and you want to go through and just really make some nastiness. Happen. Yeah, I won't use that. Yeah, yeah. After. So anyway, as you can tell, we love the Doom. So something interesting. All right, you don't want to play Doom. You have no interest in the video game. Well, you might recognize the cover. If I showed you this picture, Jason, would you recognize that? Yep. Like without the logo? Yep. And it is the picture uh, that was painted um, by his name is Don Ivan Punchatz, and he is the one who did the artwork for the cover, which you've probably seen. It's the Doom Marine, and he's got the armor on, and there are like uh, imp-like creatures grabbing his arm, and he's shooting. And it's got that iconic Doom logo, which to me is one of my favorite logos of all time. Mm-hmm. It's the perfect level of detail and simplicity. Mm-hmm. And the shape of it is awesome. Yeah. But this is crazy. So id Software is developing Doom. And so um, they had a, a budget to meet. You know, they were definitely not as popular when they were first making this game. They had some money because of Wolfenstein 3D success, but... Mm-hmm. Um, the artist, Don, um, Punchatz had cut his fee for them. He's like, yeah, no, I'll do it, but I'll do it cheaper for you so that I can actually do the art and then you guys can stay at budget. So they said to him, well, what if instead you take a percentage of the profits and that way... You can, you know, just recoup and everything, and that would be instead of what you would charge us. And he said, no, no, I'll, I'll just take my uh, my fee. Huh. Well, <laughs> as you know, Doom was wildly, unimaginatively, like, you, it was hard to grasp how, how popular the game was at the time. Mm-hmm. So... He was he was quoted as later saying, "Hey, so how was I supposed to know that this thing called Doom would make a jillion smackers?" <laughs> <laughs> but I say all that because he actually passed away uh, just very recently at 73. He actually um, he died of a heart attack on October 11th. So just wanted to throw that out there that um, even if you don't like Doom, you've probably seen the art. Google the word Doom and then do an image search or you know Doom cover art or whatever. So speaking of Doom art, um, there's an artist. His name is Brandon Duncan. And he has done some illustrations of uh, the Doom, the original Doom monsters. Yeah. He actually, uh, he did a really good job. He did a really good job. They are dark and detailed. Yeah, which is, the only way I can describe it is, he kept the original idea intact. I can look at those and immediately tell that they're the Doom monsters. But he did make them more detailed, without losing any of that essence. And then they're in the the same poses that they are in the game, right? When they're walking or whatever, definitely attacking. I think that what I'm going to do when we post this episode is do a series of Doom posts uh, on the blog, and I'll include this one, mm. um, just because this is this is just stuff that is. To me, um, it's, again, and I, I, it sounds like I just keep repeating it, but really, it's popular enough, and it's good enough, that even through the years, it's still rekindling and becoming popular more and more, like over and over. It has spurts of popularity, and so, if you're into Doom, or if you're not into Doom, I think that these pictures might be a cool gateway to get you interested in it, if the video game angle isn't your thing, but you're interested in um, cool art. Maybe it'll get you through the doorway that way. I have a question. Um, uh, didn't Trent Reznor have some kind of involvement with Doom? Trent Reznor did the soundtrack for the game Quake. Oh, Quake. Okay, I got you. which because I, I really like the the music in Doom. And yeah. I, for some reason, I was thinking that he did the music in that, and then I looked it up, and it wasn't him. So then I was confused as to what he actually did. Yeah. No, he did. Which Quake is the first actual 3D shooter. What I mean by that is that it's not pictures of a 3D environment made to look like it's 3D. Quake 
Quake has 3D objects that you can run around in. I am not a fan of the Quake. The the original. Yeah, not so much. Yeah. Quake 3 is awesome. I Fun think multiplayer. Quake is also coming to the iPhone. Yeah, I'm not going to buy that one. Doom 2. I think all the old uh, id games are yeah. coming, he said. Which, that's cool. Doom 2, definitely. Mm-hmm. I love that game. Double now, Barrel what Shotgun. is Ultimate Doom? Is that... Well, um... Is that a sequel to Doom 2? Well, it came out after Doom 2. Mm-hmm. And as far as it being a sequel, it's kind of funny because you could tell that the developers weren't so much focused on the plot. Okay. It was like, okay, look. When Doom came out, it was such a phenomenon that it was actually the number one cause. Like, they jokingly said that it's the number one cause of productivity decreasing in businesses around the United States. Which is true, though, because everyone was using their work computers to play Doom, and it was clogging up networks and stuff. Uh-huh. They were deathmatching, and so they had to actually uh-huh. institute, a lot of companies had to institute no Doom playing policies. Like, it's a rule you're breaking. Mm-hmm. So, by the time Ultimate Doom came out, it was like sprucing it, tweaking it, and souping it up for these people who have been playing so long. Mm-hmm. So, it was really, they focused on the levels, and you couldn't really tell whether it was in hell on earth in between it was like this it was really just like hey here's a bunch of cool new levels it was also an excuse to sell a box set with doom one and two together to get even more sales Mm -hmm. um i remember the version of ultimate doom that i bought it was the first time i had seen those like fixed rendered texture graphics i was telling you about it's the first time i ever saw the um controls where you could use the mouse to look and then the keys to move. Mm-hmm. So it was like it was just like a souped-up version of Doom, which included everything from Doom 1 and 2, like souped-up, mm-hmm. plus a new chapter of like harder levels. Huh. So cool. it is. It's a sequel, but kind of mm-hmm. just like, hey, <laughs> here's some more of just what like you Just like extra love. content. Yeah. Yeah. So. so I guess that that is enough about Doom for right now, but... There's a reason why we're talking about it so much, people. All right, so on to something uh, different. I heard that there's a second Avatar trailer out from the original teaser that we saw, and we did a multicast on the teaser. Mm -hmm. We weren't so impressed. Do you agree? Yes. Okay. I hear this new one lives up to the sizzle of the steak they're trying to sell. Yes. You've seen this? Yeah. I haven't. Oh, I thought you were talking about me telling you that. No, I'm saying I have not seen this trailer. So here's what I was going to say. I have plans to avoid it. Okay. Because right now my expectations are the lowest that they could have been with the hype of how it was built up and then what was delivered. Uh Right now I'm in the gutter. Okay. I'm, there's like a homeless guy next to my expectations asking my expectations for a dollar. I don't think that the trailer made my expectations so high. It didn't get that much better? You weren't like, I mean, what? no, it got a lot better than the, the teaser was, but I mean, I don't have the highest expectations for it. It looks it looks cooler than in the teaser. Gotcha. Now, what do you think? Do you think we should do a reaction video? Or reaction video. Do you think we should do a reaction where we stop the podcast, I watch it, and see what I think versus the two? Or should we test the theory that we talked about previously in one of our other multicasts Mm -hmm. that because I'm not seeing anything about this, that I will actually enjoy it more so than some other people who are going to see this new trailer even? Haven't we already tested that, though? We have, but this is almost like the white whale. This is the biggest hype that I think has ever surrounded a movie. Mm-hmm. So, my question is, is that will that stand true? If I go to this having low expectations, knowing nothing about what's cool about it, will that be such a wow factor? I think that's what I'm edging toward. I think I'm closer to saying, I'm going to avoid it. I mean, if I see it or if it's if it's on TV, I'm, I'm probably not going to scramble for the remote control <laughs> like someone caught me watching scrambled porn. So you're, you're not going to go to the theater and see it? No, no, I'll see the film. Oh. I'm saying the trailer. 
Oh, I gotcha. I'm not going to walk out of the theater or shut my eyes and put my fingers in my ears if the trailer comes on. Uh-huh. I'm not going to be like, la, 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 la. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to purposely go on the internet to see it so that I can try to raise my expectation of the movie. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, but you think that that new trailer is cooler then? Yeah. Okay. It, it reveals more about the story and that that's what was more interesting to me. Good. Because what it looks like from the original trailer is... See, the, the, from the teaser, I didn't I didn't get any sense of what the story, the real story of it was. Oh, gotcha. I'm like the main the teaser, plot line. Right? I keep saying trailer, first trailer, but it was teaser, mm-hmm. and this is the first trailer. Mm-hmm. From the teaser, I get the idea that you have human character who becomes alien character, whether it's through implantation of psyche or however they do it, uh-huh. and then that human character infiltrates the aliens... And what I'm smelling is a good old-fashioned, you begin to understand the race that you were starting to fight. You know, it's like, that's what I think is going to happen. Does that make sense? Who are you? (laughs) Does does that make sense? That makes sense. There you go. So, you know, oh, wow, I understand now. That which I, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. what I didn't understand, I wanted to fight and destroy. But now I am empathetic with the race that I was sent to destroy, you know? I hope there's a twist and that he double-crosses everybody. <laughs> he, grows, he grows six extra legs out of his torso. And he takes all of Curly's gold. He takes all of Curly's gold and runs on his hands that are coming out of his torso. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so there you go, James Cameron. I want to see that in super 3D. <laughs> and I want to see, like, the cheesiest 3D, like, shtick. I want a pie thrown at me and it misses. And... <laughs> so, Avatar, the search for Curly's gold. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. <sighs> So guess what, Johnny? What, Joe? Uh, my name's going to be in the credits of the Paranormal Activity movie DVD. What? Yep. Well, how? Because I'm fancy. I guess I'm not. They didn't call me. No, there's a sound designer named Jason McIntosh, and he's going <laughs> to... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there's. I saw a post about... Um, getting your name in the credits for the dvd you just had to go to this website and enter your name in and it's like a um a thank you to all the people that did the on-demand thing and requested it in their area is it too late i don't know well i'll have to check into that i may have shared it but since you never look at my shared items oh it's been like two weeks yeah yeah so yeah it might still be up i don't know i'll look yeah, we'll I will. We'll get you on there. Yeah. Even if we have to call them. Because I was preaching that movie from the mountaintops. They owe I, me a favor. <laughs> you know, I played the demon in that film. You did? Yep. I thought he looked sneakily That's familiar. Mm-hmm. That's also why in the middle of the movie, it's like the creepiest part, and all of a sudden it's like, is that a floating Coke can? <laughs> is that Diet Coke with Splenda? Oh, no. How scary is that? Not as scary as Coke Zero, because it has Splenda in it, which isn't supposedly as likely to cause cancer. Okay. So Coke Zero potentially would be more frightening were you to have an aversion to cancer or or its effects. So, right. Anyway, that's, that's pretty cool. I'll check that out. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question, Slithery D. Uh-huh. Um... Do you find the Bible interesting? Hmm. I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's totally that's a huge question. <laughs> there are things I have heard out of it that are interesting to me, yes. Yeah. Do you have any interest in reading it? Mm, no, nah, not really. Right? Now, on a separate note, uh-huh. yet will be related... <laughs> Are you a fan of Legos? Mm, a little bit. Whoa. That's not what I was expecting. <laughs> I know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what? You have all 
of the character traits. If I was profiling <laughs> you... There's no right or wrong answer to that question, Tim. Hey, to each their own, but your <laughs> own is wrong. Oh, I see. No, but... No, on a scale from 1 to 10, how I much... I played you, with Legos and I enjoyed them. Like, you like them a 9? Or do you like them like a 5? <laughs> um, I will say a 7. Okay. <laughs> you can deal with that? I can deal with that. Okay. At first, when we first... When we grazed this subject gently, I was thinking you were floating around a 4. Okay. And I was going to be a little surprised. It would have taken me a little while to recompose myself. Mm-hmm. So, you like the Legos about a 7. Okay, well, taking something that you have interest in parts of, but don't necessarily delve into, and then taking something that you like a seven, you can put them together. And I'm talking about the Lego Bible. Uh-huh. Um, it's a Bible made out of Legos. It doesn't open. No, I'm kidding. It's actually, it's a website called The Brick Testament. Um, and it is www dot the brick testament dot com and it is it's not movies which that's what i thought it was at first and i was giddy there was <laughs> elation you thought they were gonna be stop motion movies yeah uh-huh. which that's wicked awesome <laughs> lego stop motion uh-huh but this is actually just it's uh almost uh sequential not almost it's sequential art and it takes like main points of Bible stories, and you can read through, and they'll paraphrase the important parts. So um, you can go through the Old and New Testament, and it's really well done. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the thing that brought it up was that actually Joe, the one, you know, he actually helped us out a couple of times mm-hmm. in the last few weeks with the podcast and stuff. Well, he yeah. was telling me about this. And he said that there, because there's a verse in the Bible where all the men have to get circumcised, mm-hmm. like the Lord commands it. And so, you know those little, like, they're the caps that you put on top. I don't know how into Legos you were, but they were these very flat, small pieces, the size of one Lego peg, a little larger. It was like the money pieces. Yeah, yeah. right. But you could stick them on uh, the actual like yeah, other yeah, Lego yeah. pieces. Well. He said that, the, I don't know how he found it or what, but he said that there's a picture, and it's a bunch of the guys in line, uh-huh. and the one, and all, okay, there are a bunch of men in line, and they're all facing with their backs to the camera. Yeah. Then there is someone who is standing facing the camera with a knife, and directly to the left of that person is a huge pile of those yellow caps. <laughs> oh, God. Like he's circumcising the Lego man. I got it. <laughs> oh, when he told me that, I thought I don't know why I'm admitting this, but when he told me that, I was like, I gotta see that. <laughs> I still haven't been able to find it uh-huh. because I have. Well, I've not searched diligently. I was just uh-huh. kind of like, well, when I got to the site, mm-hmm. it was just like, ooh, neat. Oh, and this one, and oh, and so I just started like looking and grabbing at every little story I could find on here, mm-hmm. but. I will find that, and I will post it. Okay. And um, I don't know. I just thought that that was incredible. So I'm I'm actually going to use this to supplement my own personal Bible study, um, because it's just cool to me, and and the visualization, expert photographing, mm-hmm. like or photography, right. um, great Lego pieces. I mean, it's good, it's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. Here's something interesting about Lego. Mm-hmm. Notice how I didn't say Legos. Yep. Lego. Well, right. check this out. There's a sign. Um, it's at Legos.com, and it's it says, We're sorry. The word Lego is a brand name and is very special to all of us in the Lego group companies. We would sincerely like your help in keeping it special. Please always refer to our products as Lego bricks or toys, and not Legos. By doing so, you will be helping to protect and preserve a brand of which we are very proud and that stands for quality the world over. They're pretty much saying don't call them Legos, but everybody I know yeah, and have known mm-hmm. and probably will know calls them Legos. Yes. Get what they're going for. No, I see. But 
they should just bite the bullet and put the apostrophe s at the end or something like McDonald's. <laughs> but I guess that's not possessive. Mm. So maybe just the s. Yeah. But I guess it's like calling it Walmart's or Targets. Kind of, but it's you know that's how I've heard it all my life. So that's me too. What it is to me, it sounds weird just calling it Lego. Yeah. Lego bricks or toys. Oh man, I saw this awesome Lego brick statue. But oh man, there's this statue made of Legos. That sounds more natural. Uh huh. So I mean, I can get the marketing angle. You're working really hard, and that's their trademark, L E G O. Right. So they're like, ah, that's not what we're called. But it's still, you still say Lego, even if it has an S. I agree. Lego, and Legos. I And I think, too, that's the whole thing, is that there's so many hundreds of tiny pieces that you're pluralizing it. Yeah. I'm talking about more than one Lego. Right. So I'm... I guess know, a piece isn't called a Lego, though. It's a Lego brick. Yeah. I don't know. That's less magical to me. Yeah. I like that it's a Lego. Yeah. This is a Lego. I don't That's know more. who's actually going to stop and call it Lego from now on. I don't know. Anybody who goes and sees that on the site, I would probably... When I first saw that, I was like, are you kidding me? I like lost respect for them. Oh. And I thought, not the bricks, mm-hmm. but the people who are running the company these days. How many people in the company do you think actually care about that? Like, mm-hmm. Maybe it's just a couple people in that position that are like, you know what? Unless it's one of those corporate mandates where it's like, when you start there, everyone's like, hey, don't I mean, call them Legos. Or maybe, you know, the designers call them Legos, too. Like, it's yeah. only the PR people there. Like, maybe. Maybe the lawyers yeah. are like, you can't call them Legos. We don't own Legos. We own Lego. <laughs> you know? But, Whatever. But nowadays, though, too, there's it's like they're slowly replacing all the parts you had to build yourself with these pre-made chunks. Yeah. It's like... It's like, awesome, I got the Lego pirate ship. And it's this fully <laughs> assembled plastic ship. And you put together, like, some barnacles on the hull. And you're like, okay, great. <laughs> now, obviously, I'm using hyperbole there. But yeah. the idea is that, man, I used to get a bucket of Legos. And there was no rules. It was just you dump them out and start building stuff. See, that was fun to me. The reason I say I don't like Legos as much as other people is the things I would build when I was younger, I always wanted them to look like the actual thing. Like if I built an X-Wing fighter, I wanted it to look like an X-Wing fighter with the details and everything. I didn't want it to look like a bunch of multicolored bricks placed together. I mean, I like the creativity uh, aspect of it, that you can do anything you want with it. You can build whatever. But I always wanted it to look exactly like it looked in the movies or whatever I was building. Sure. And well, it bothered me that it didn't. So that's why I don't like them as much. It's all about the pieces you had available to you as well. Yeah. Because, like, I would hang out with a friend of mine, and uh, me and Alex would go hang out with our friend. And he was he had tons of Legos and all these different Lego cases and stuff. So mm-hmm. he had a bunch of the sets back from probably well, even the sets I'm talking about. Like if oh. I bought an X Wing fighter set and I put that together, it still would look like a bunch of blocks. It wouldn't look yeah like a spaceship. See, I mean it would, but you know what I mean. No, I get exactly. It looks what like you're bricks with pegs on them. Right. And that, even if there are molded pieces and stuff. Well, and that's the the only way to get around that for me is building something unique. Mm-hmm. Like, and I I get what you're saying, but I, that's why I would purposely try not to build things that already existed. Yeah, because then you work that into the design. You know what I mean? Like they mm-hmm. they look like rivets on a spaceship. But right, I mean, but, I would build original things, and it was fun. But and that's just what always bothered me about it. I was all about making the colors match and stuff. Like, yeah, if one side had three blue bricks, you had to find another three blue bricks. Right, yeah, you I did that. Too. Lost a brick, <laughs> or you switch sides, or whatever. Yeah, but my friend William had a lot of those sets from the mid '90s, mm-hmm. but he didn't keep them as sets. He just dumped all the cool parts into a bunch of different Lego containers. Which mm-hmm. a Lego carrying case looks a lot like a power drill um, carrying case. It just pops open with two latches, and it's, like, all Legos inside. Mm. So he'd have a bunch of the space sets with the clear, like, neon yellow pieces and a mm. bunch of different... You know, that yeah. was awesome. Mm-hmm. You just no, build your own stuff. The space set was fun. I had that. Now, me 
Alex and our friend, what we would do uh-huh. is we would take like an hour. You divide up the Legos and you take like an hour. I mean, we were 16 years old. I don't want to misrepresent this. We were teenagers. <laughs> like, I mean that we were older than you might have imagined. So we're like 16 years old and we would sit and, uh, well, probably like 14. But you take an hour and you build your ship and everybody built their ship and then we'd all fight. But uh-huh. you had to be creative. You couldn't just go, my shield has, or my ship has a shield that's invulnerable. You had to have a device on there that you built that causes that invulnerability. Right. And uh, just at the time, our friend was always better at it. And so what I mean by better at it is he would just come up with the wackiest concepts because uh-huh. he was like a year older than us. And we'd be like, yeah, mine has this. And he goes, hmm, I knew you would do that. So I have <laughs> this thing that d- it dampens all fields created by inertial. And I'm just like, huh? <laughs> he'd always win with mind control. And oh, man. He'd like put, uh, he'd, oh, it was always fun to pop the heads off. Uh-huh. And when you pop the head off a Lego guy, it's just got the peg. Yeah. And those were always our robot minions. Oh. And then you put the head like on the ship and make it so that like. Just the brain is controlling the ship. Uh-huh. So, anyway. Huh. So, that's about Lego. I probably said the word Legos 25 times in just that story. So, huh. so Tim. Yes? Have you ever heard of the Game Boy printer? <laughs> well, just recently, in fact. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the Game Boy printer, first of all, sounds fake. Um... <laughs> And tiny, were I to imagine one. But um, you you told me about that when we went to Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, you mentioned, um, or you were asking how long before we can print from our iPhones. Yeah, I was thinking And I said, like the Game Boy printer, and you had no idea what I was talking about. Exactly. Yeah, I was like, what? A small printer that you attach to your Game Boy in certain games would have little printouts in the paper... After it printed out, you tore it off. It had the little ridges, and it was sticky. You could peel it off, and there were stickers. No way. Yep. Was it popular? Uh, I'm not sure how popular it was. It huh. was in a print in black and white, and um, I think there was actually a Game Boy printer uh, like cartridge that you put in the Game Boy, yeah, and yeah, it would yeah. have different designs. Oh, no, I know what it was. Um the Game Boy Camera. Have you heard of that? No. So you don't know about any of this. Um, the Game Boy Camera would allow you to take pictures. So you took a picture, let's just say, of yourself. Then in that cartridge on that program, you could edit it with, like, you could put you know, goofy eyes or whatever on it, whatever features they had. Right. You could put borders around it and text, and then you could print those out and, you know, stick them wherever you wanted. Huh. So that that is the that was the main feature. It worked with the the Game Boy camera. But then here's a there's a list here on Wikipedia of a few different games that uh that utilized it. And I'm oh, sure awesome. it was just like you probably unlocked you know little stickers to print out on it, which is clever. Yeah, it's neat. You know, I never had it, but they had a display in Target, and um, so I printed out a couple things there, but. It sounds like something you would have. I probably would have if I had the money to buy it, but I didn't, so. Well. I want it, though. This sounds like a child of the mid to late 90s. This sounds like it would be all oh, the rage. Yeah. This, this, it says uh, 1998 it came out. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally see that, and it's yeah, just it like. It was cool. It worked with the, I think it worked with the original Game Boy up through the Game Boy Color. It didn't work with the Advance. Huh. I can totally hear, like. Game Boy printer. Print it. Stick it. <laughs> you know, like yeah. a little wacky 90s commercial. Right. It was neat. That's pretty awesome. Yep. But I wonder how long before our iPhones can print. Or if there's a little peripheral you can plug in like a USB or a... It has the... Okay, think about it. Printer. The size of that little ticker tape printer right there. Mm-hmm. And the end of it is just an iPhone plug-in like you would, uh, you know, attach the iPhone to your computer or charge it or, you know, that. And, um... Print directly from iPhone to printer. Oh, goodness. How about that? He so just now, pulled up a video. 
well, I'm, I'm not, we're not going to watch this now, but so it is possible, but I don't think it's a, it's not a portable printing device. It's only, you know, probably wireless oh. to the actual large printer. Hmm. But even then that's, that's office. great. I had yeah. no idea. Yep. Even then that's something that's pretty awesome. Huh. So yeah, that's the old Game Boy printer. Yep. You know what else we saw at Universal that I, I'd never seen before? Hmm. They had vending machines in the arcade. Now, I've seen that before. But the vending machines were the claw. You know, the the old, you know, you drop the button, the claw comes down, you try to grab something. Yep. Those are usually filled with plush toys, junky things, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. At Universal, there was a row of three vending machines. I keep saying vending machines. They're not really vending machines, but... Claw machines. Claw machines. And the three claw machines were completely empty. All three of them were completely empty, except for one single item in each. (laughs) And each one had an expensive single item. Yep. There was a Game Boy DS... Wasn't there an iPod? Nintendo DS. Or a Game Boy DS. A Nintendo DS. An iPod Touch. Yeah. And then something else along those lines. Mm -hmm. Now, I can't imagine a scenario. I can't get that claw to grab onto a Sonic the Hedgehog plush doll foot. (laughs) What in my years of life would... Why... (laughs) How could a child truly think that that claw is capable through the physics as they are today on the earth in that machine? How is it possible that that thing can grab that box and actually get it out of there? Clever idea, because I want to try it. Yeah. Just because I'm like, wow, what if I get it? But what do you think? You don't think it's possible? No, no, no. That claw probably couldn't hold, like if you put a foam ball in the center of that machine, I don't think that claw, unless it perfectly fit around that ball, could pick it up and move it. Have you ever won the claw machine? I think it's rigged, personally. But have you ever won? Yeah, i won lots of times. I'm actually really good at the claw machine with plush things i have really yeah so it works oh yeah you can get things um i don't know about ds's i haven't tried anything like that but i usually win at least once when i get play you know that spongebob that's in my car i won that out of the no way i told you that in the mall first try i grabbed oh you did tell me that and i was impressed then too yeah so here's the question when are we going back to universal when? I got a ringer. Yeah, I'm bringing you. Okay. You're my ringer for the vending machine. I keep calling it a vending machine. <laughs> and I couldn't articulate what it's I was trying to say. It's not vending anything. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> that reminds me of an episode of Friends where they get a Miss Pac-Man machine in, oh. the, in the two apartments, uh-huh. you know, adjoining or close to each other. And Monica, who is played by Courtney Cox Arquette, um, her character used to be very fat as a child. Mm-hmm. So she's standing in front of the Miss Pac-Man, and she goes, Oh, wow, this is great. This was my second favorite game. And they said, What was your first favorite? She goes, You know, it's the one where you, you put money in, and then you push buttons, and you get stuff. <laughs> Chandler goes, A vending machine? <laughs> she goes, Yeah, you always won. Oh. Nah, she was fat. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I'm going to bring you there. You're my ringer. Okay. I can do it. I believe in myself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. How much was it? I see it? that little a... twinkle in your eyes. Oh, You're man. Like... I just, I'm thinking I want to video it. Like, I want to go there now. Go to Universal. Bring the digital Hey, I got camera. a free ticket, so we should. Okay. Should hop on over there. Maybe we'll do that. How much? Oh, you don't remember how much it was? No, I think. I would guess that it's, it'd be a dollar. Right. Which makes me think that there's a far, far, far off shot that you're going to even get close. We, I. I think by maybe two times not winning, we could probably tell if you could or not. Right. Because I can get it dead on to grab it. 
But if it if it doesn't grab it with enough strength to pull it up, then you, I don't think you can win it. Right. And then I would also like to film me complaining to the people. Oh. If that doesn't work, I'll be like, I would like to know if on camera you'd like to make a comment about how your claw machine is a hijacking ripoff. Do you think it, there's a law against that? Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah, no, in fact, they'd probably expunge us from the park indefinitely. <laughs> but... Um, I, I I probably wouldn't film the the last part, but I, you know how I'll talk to anybody, and I'd ask. Yeah, I really would be like, "Hey, what's up with that? Your claw machine appears." They wouldn't know. They're just employees. No, there. or you might get the funny guy who's like, "Yeah, man, that thing's a ripoff." Oh yeah, you know. Hmm. So that was that was interesting. Yeah. What would you think of a television series based on the Hut family? Like the Sopranos. <laughs> you mean like, you mean like Job of the Hut? Yeah, like a gangster series, mafia series. Okay, paint it for me here. How violent is it? The Sopranos is famously violent. Mm. So is this like a Star Wars universe, or is this like a totally? Um, uh, I would guess. I would say Star Wars. Well, because recently they came out with that book, Death Troopers, which is the horror based in the Star yeah, but Wars that's universe. A book. That's not like something on television. Right, yeah, it's not widely consumed. Yeah. Well, I mean, books are, but anyway. Yeah. Okay. So, is it a comedy? It could have some comedic elements. Because I, I can tell you where my mind goes. My mind goes straight to the Star Wars Christmas special. Oh, and God. I imagine... The, Why does it go there? Because of the Wookiee family. And I, <laughs> I didn't even mention the Wookiee. No, family. but I'm thinking of a family dynamic, and I can just see like uh, Jabba being like, Uto, Uto, Uto. And it's like, <laughs> Dad, stop talking in that language. My iPhone is totally cracked. I need a new one. <laughs> like, that's how I'm hearing this. Oh, man. You know? And that's they have what a, I want. They have a pet Wookiee. <laughs> Ooh, you know what would be neat? A dog that they design, and it looks like a Wookiee, but it's almost like a primitive Wookiee. How, almost like how people think that um, like chimpanzees, well, not people think, but chimpanzees are so similar to humans. Uh-huh. Devolve a Wookiee, and it's a dog. But when it barks, it's like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> See, our, this thing's right in itself. Hey. What do you think about it? I think it's fantastic. Well, is it going to happen? No. Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just think it's a great idea. That would be interesting. Yep. What would it be called? The Huts? Yep. The Hutsos. No, no, just the Huts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, certainly enough of the universe to play around with, and then they live for a long time. Yeah. Right? So you could pick an interesting segment... I think a winning combination would be perhaps to pick a segment far into the future of what we've seen in the Star Wars film so far. Well, after four, five, and six, you don't really show well a lot of the galaxy outside. Now listen, but you well, let me tell you the problem with that. Jabba died in Return of the Jedi. That's what you think. No, he was strangled to death by Princess Leia. Mm, See, I think he might have been revolved. Revolved. Revived by Salacious Crumb. <laughs> I don't think so. Are you sure? I'm, I'm pretty sure. Salacious Crumb is actually a number-crunching genius. <laughs> he's like, in the movies, he's like, <laughs> but when it comes down to it, he's like, <clears throat> Jabba, sincerely, <laughs> we have to get more into stocks and bonds. You're gambling our earnings away. And, um... So, oh, man. I think uh, I think Job is alive. <laughs> okay. Oh, ooh, ooh, uh. oh, oh, oh. Jabba is in the witness protection <laughs> program. This is getting better and better, and it's like Steve Martin in My Blue Heaven. Okay, so you think he's dead, but he actually testifies against Darth Vader. Oh. Oh. Darth Vader's dead, too. Now that I can confirm. <laughs> yeah, we saw him burn, man. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah, no. He's a, he's a ghost. He's a spirit now. Yeah. But um, I say that my inept working of the Star Wars universe <laughs> is... Well, we can just say, okay, let's say it's an alternate universe. 
alternate history. Normally, I'd go for that. You but won't I, go for that. I, now, well, no, because I think I have such a lack in the area of really knowing the Star Wars continuity. Okay, that it would be it would be far more fun. And honestly, I think what happens in Hollywood all the time is people who don't know the property take over, and that this is what happens. If if a person like I really have, I've seen the Star Wars films, but honestly, if you had me write down what happened, uh-huh. it'd be patchy and like, oh yeah, um, <laughs> and then doesn't this happen? Almost like that video you posted uh-huh. of a person who's never seen Star Wars retelling it. Mm-hmm. It would be kind of like that. Like yeah, then they get medals, and then something happens, and Lando is mad, <laughs> and then Darth Vader eats dinner with him, <laughs> but. What happens is, this is what happens in Hollywood, though. <laughs> they give properties to people, like, let's just say it's me, and I'm, you know, some writer or some producer. They're like, hey, we want you to do something with this Job of the Hut thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, we'll make it this, we'll make it this. Uh-huh. They just trust his instincts and, you know, <laughs> do focus groups and stuff, and, and they never really ask the fans. So the first question you ask yourself is, Jabba died? And then they're like, in the commercial, it's well, like, you think Jabba was dead. <laughs> You're like, what? And then it shows Salacious Crumb, and it's like a, a montage, and he's punching numbers. He's got, like, the glasses on, and he's sweating. Yeah. So, anyway. In the opening credits, all you have to do is explain it. Yeah. And then explain make Explain it- that it's an alternate history in the opening credits. See, but again, I think the alternate history makes all the fans happy, and as the fake... Hollywood producer that I'm talking about, it's my job to take something that you love and rub its face oh, I see. against the cheese so grater you're, you're, of disaster. You're, you're not trying to please them. Well, now, kind of on... It's not like I'm doing it maliciously. It's like playful ignorance oh. that the masses must suffer through. I see. I see. So, well, let me ask you. If you did have your alternate universe, mm-hmm. what would you do? All you have to do is... Uh... Either Han Solo does not get frozen in the carbonate, carbonite, or um, he does, and Jabba just doesn't buy him from Boba Fett. Oh, good call. So, however it works out, he never goes to Jabba's palace. So, him never going there, they never have to go to rescue him. So, Jabba is alive, and his whole thing's fine there. Excellent. He forgets about Han Solo, whatever. Maybe somebody tells him that Han Solo's dead, so... He's like, oh, okay. There you go. See, okay, now I'm going to play Hollywood Maybe producer. they strike up a deal with Boba Fett and offer him more money not to take him. Oh, uh-huh. interesting. And so then he just tells Jabba that he died. There you go. So now, you go. I'm going to play awful Hollywood producer here. No, no, no. The reveal is Boba Fett is Han Solo. <laughs> right? Right? Mm-hmm. And see, now I'm excited about that because in my smarmy ignorance, I think it's a fantastic idea because I have zero understanding <laughs> of the inner workings of something somebody spent their whole life creating from scratch. Uh-huh. I come waltzing in, <laughs> and I make up a reveal that doesn't make sense, and then I rewrite everything to fit it. I see. Hello, Hollywood. Hi. <laughs> so, but... I'd be interested to see what George Lucas did with that. Yeah? Yeah. Because no, nothing I would want to watch, I'm sure. Well, but I can tell you, you know why? Because there would be a two-hour movie based on it in the theater that he would make, like as a side project. There'd be a 13-episode cartoon leading up to it, and then you'd have to find a special feature on a DVD, and it's like he puts five different things in six different places that I have to watch just to be caught up to watch the regular actual creation that he wanted me to see in the first place no i don't i don't count any of that extra stuff as anything as part of the story (laughs) to me i i don't any even even the prequels i i I kind of don't connect them in my mind to the original trilogy it's just like all extra stuff it doesn't to me to me no 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 i think it's a great great way to i know it's canon but it's to me it's not yeah it's not, yeah, yeah. But you, you, honestly, though, that was pretty ridiculous. In between the different episodes, 
where it's like you had to watch the Clone Wars cartoon. Yeah, see, I and, there, and I, I was like, what? It's not into all that extra stuff. Yeah, it, I'm sure if I was younger, I'd be totally into it. I know I would, but now I, I just don't care that much about it. Hmm. I like the original trilogy the most, and that's. I mean, the prequels are okay, but. Episode three was my favorite of the prequels. I don't know if I have a favorite of. Definitely not episode one, but episode two and three are kind of the same for me. Okay. Well, that's cool. Pod racing, I like, though. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, that's all right. I like speed. Yeah. The drug. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's an example to me of um, execution failing. Like, it sounded really... Mm. If if those films, to me, played out like someone talking me through plot points Mm -hmm. with the intention of going back and filling in characters and dialogue and why, and and then as that happens, you change things around to match what characters would really do. Like, episode one, to me, is like, okay... We'll start with this, then this will happen, then this will happen, then this will happen, and then really, it's as though George Lucas just wrote dialogue inside those compartments he had already created of plot Mm -hmm. that were weak, and then after that, he filled in little things like, oh, you know what would be neat? A scene where a big fish eats a, a small fish, and then a bigger fish comes out. Oh, yeah, put that in there. Yeah. And just peppered it with little things that he thought were great set pieces or ideas to make it better but all those things together do not a great movie make mm-hmm. and so that's how i always feel about those i don't like how he had to like try to force characters in it yeah 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 darth vader built c-3po that's a fact now because of him uh, why i don't i don't i don't need that and he was like <laughs> i don't need that <laughs> boba fett was or his his father Django Fett was, you know, involved in all that, and yeah, and then him because of it. Yeah, and I am also I'm a fan of things not being so interconnected. Chewbacca that... was in the third movie. He knows Yoda. They're buddies. They're homies. <laughs> they are. That was Greedo. Darth Vader f- had little scuffles with Greedo as a child. <laughs> Why is this happening? I don't know. Oh God! George Lucas's neck beard is responsible, <laughs> but I think that the interconnectivity of all of those characters didn't assist what he was going for. Like mm-hmm. having these characters in episodes four, five, and six. He was friends with R two, Darth Vader. <laughs> they were buddies. <laughs> they were. <laughs> That's what I mean. Is that that stuff that. It makes me cry. You should come up with clever new characters that would really exist. Don't make it such a coincidence that it's like, oh, and then this would have happened, and then this, and then this. Don't retcon and make it so that all these things, oh, wouldn't it be neat if? No, it wouldn't. Stop using a shortcut of using characters you already created to fill in your poorly plotted story. (laughs) Yeah. So, anyway. It's getting late, Tim. It sure is, Jason. It's about that time. It sure is, Jason. And you all know, since it's the end, we always sing our song. That's right, Jason. So take it away, Tim. (laughs) Stephen King, you make me sing. My iPhone ring is the Langolius theme. Stephen King. Let it go. Stephen King. Yeah. You 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 make me sing. Heck yeah. You 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 make me sing. I'm like that, y'all. My iPhone ring. My 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 iPhone ring. Heck yeah. Is the lightest thing. You know how we do. I don't even know if there's a theme to the Langoliers. I'm sure there's a theme to that movie. Mm -hmm. Someone spent money on that. Woo! Yeah. But it is 
hitting about an hour. And um, so, I guess, even though we have like a whole list of topics that we were wanting to talk about because it's been a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. we're going to wrap it up. And um, I don't know if many of them are time sensitive. No, no, no. Most so. of them are thoughts that, yeah, yeah, they're not going to be old news listeners. I want to say that this week um, I'm going to be doing posts about Mario up to the launch on Sunday of New Super Mario Brothers for the Wii. Yes, which, um, if you're not familiar with that quickly, New Super Mario Brothers for the Wii is the first side-scrolling Mario game to come out on a major platform that's not portable since, what, Super Mario World? I just made that up. I have no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no idea. That's true. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know if Yoshi's Island came after Mario World. It did. I don't... Well, the major Mario game. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. So anyway, the point is, it's going to be awesome because it's got a lot of elements from... I mean, <clears> even <throat> from Super Mario Brothers on the Nintendo. They added some elements in there. Mm-hmm. So Jason is getting it on Sunday. We're going to do a multicast on Thursday. I've invited uh, Matt and Thomas, uh, my brothers, as well as Alex. And we're all going to play it. And we're going to have a fun time. And we're going to do a Mario cast. Huh. Um, this coming Thursday. So uh, look out for that. But in the meantime, leading up to that, Jason is going to do several posts kind of informing you what's going on in the game, what's cool, what's new. And um, you can check all that out on our new blog, www.multigeekshow.com. And Jason, if our beautiful listeners want to email us, where can they email us at? Multigeekshow at gmail.com. That's right. So... Um, thank you so much for listening. You'll also find that on the new blog. You can check out our Facebook, our Twitter. You can subscribe on iTunes. It's all very easy. And uh, we'd love to hear what you think about the blog. Um, if we haven't thought of anything, uh, let us know. Email us. Please. Email us anything, please. <laughs> we actually got uh, a couple of responses. and We owe people some Princess Peaches. A Princess Peach and a couple of hand-drawn sketches. Yeah, that's true. So, But continue to have the emails coming, and I'll have more contests in the cooker. Um, we have some ideas, especially with the content we made for the October cast. We were thinking of cool ways to package them. and so. Yeah, and seriously, email us. <laughs> so Please, we're e- begging. Email Jason. He's begging. I'm pleading. <laughs> so we're begging and, and pleading. also rate us on iTunes. I think that would be something I would want more than that. An email. I want them both. Okay. But yeah, I guess rate us. If you're going to do one or the other, rate us on iTunes. Yeah. But also email us. And this has been the the Pathetic Cast. No, I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> oh. This has been the Pathetic Minute. Did I ruin it? Jason. I'm sorry. No. Whatever. Email us. Email us. Please. So, anyway. Um, that's a marketing trick we're using on you. Apparently, you have to hear something seven times before it really sticks with you. Email Was us. it seven? I think it was more than seven. Oh. Okay. So. Well, anyway, I'm Tim. I'm email us. And Jason. You, My name is Jason. Been listening to the email us multi-geek email show. Yes. Thanks so much. And email us. Yes. Bye. Email us. <laughs>